Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 130. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner, or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful, and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you doing? So thank you so much, firstly, for all the lovely comments and DMs and things after last week's episode. It was a slightly odd episode uh, and I am very happy to say that I am much more on the mend and have enjoyed being back in the swing of things of work, which is lovely. And I know it seems like, I don't know, is it sad or is it, you know, not good for me. And people would be like, oh, you should be resting. But the, the fact is, I love work. It makes me truly happy. So actually, I am more than happy to be back and more than happy to be sat at my desk, which I enjoy very much. Maybe I should get a hobby. Um, anyway, this week we have a great episode. And I don't mind telling you that I was a bit nervous about doing this episode. So obviously, you'll be aware that some months back, there was an awful lot of press and news around the Black Lives Matter movement. And there was a big thing on social media, putting up black squares and people sort of commenting things. And if I'm totally honest, there was a real nervousness around it in terms of what people were saying and doing and were they doing the right thing or not doing the right thing. And I have to say, I was one of those people that was also really nervous. I didn't want to make a mistake and I didn't want to do something that potentially could be seen the wrong way or or not do something. And it was a really, really tricky situation to get right. But I knew that I had not educated myself enough. I knew that I had not surrounded myself enough in this situation in in the circle of friends in various different things and that I had to change that and that I had to make a conscious effort to ensure that I understood what was going on so obviously I did things in my personal life where I watched things on Netflix and I read things and and to be honest I didn't post these on social media because I didn't it, again it's really tricky because I didn't want it to look like look, I'm just watching this thing or reading this thing because of social media and now I've ticked this box. I really didn't want it to be like that. So I didn't say that I'd been educating myself, but I was educating myself. And then I was very keen looking inwardly at my own business that actually I needed to make some changes in my business as well. And in terms of what circle of influence I had got and who had come on the podcast and what guests I'd interviewed. 
And I knew that I wanted to interview someone who could talk about this, who could advise us as small businesses as to how we can bring this in. Because I've been at talks before and I've been in, in conferences before where uh, there's been a speaker who's talked about inclusion and they've tended to talk about big businesses and big companies and TV advertising and, and you know, using actors and, and that sort of thing. And I knew that that just wouldn't work. So I wanted to find someone that could really talk to you guys as business owners and help us become more inclusive, not only with the Black Lives Matter movement, but also inclusive in every way. And and I basically somehow stumbled across this very lovely lady called Sonia Thompson, who actually ended up being on Amy Porterfield's podcast. And I listened to it and I was like, do you know what? You have just hit the nail fully on the head. This is exactly what I think I need for my audience. So I reached out to her and she very kindly said she would come on the podcast. So I have recorded an interview with the very lovely Sonia Thompson. She is a customer experience strategist and consultant and CEO of Thompson Media Group, where she helps companies deliver inclusive and remarkable customer experiences that win customers. She also writes a weekly column for Forbes and Inc. This woman knows her stuff, where she covers how belonging, inclusive marketing and remarkable customer serious. I'll try that again. Remarkable customer experiences fuel growth and customer loyalty. So honestly, could that bio read any better for what I need and for what you guys need and something that is going to help us all? She was so lovely to talk to. And I said to her that I was nervous and I didn't want to make a mistake and I, I didn't want to get it wrong. And she really helped me understand as to how we can confidently go out into our businesses and ensure that we are doing everything that we can do to be inclusive in our marketing. And she was great to talk to. I had a lovely, lovely chat with her. So I really hope you enjoy this week's episode and get get lots from it. And I can't wait to hear what you think. Okay. I am so excited today to welcome Sonia Thompson to the podcast. Welcome, Sonia. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. So I am really excited about today's episode because I love it when I interview someone where I need to learn. Okay. And I like it when I can act stupid because I, I am <laughs> as much learning as my listeners. So for me today, I am ready to suck up as much information as possible in order to improve not only for my listeners, how they can become more inclusive, but also for myself. Because I think as business owners, you do have lots of things to think about and you have to juggle lots of things. But I think what's happened recently is so important for us to sit and go, actually, am I, am I really being, you know, you, you might feel like you're not being a sort of excluding people, but the sheer fact that you're not including them is is probably just as bad as the fact that you're not going, this isn't for you type thing. So I'm really excited about today's episode. But you are, you're actually, your background and, and where you've come from, what you do is also very apt for us and what we do here. So please tell my audience, in case I haven't heard of you, where you came from, what you've done, and how you got to be doing what you're doing right now. Sure. Uh, so I worked a corporate job for what, nine years? Um, and I worked in healthcare and marketing. And like most people, I realized in the first year that corporate life was not for me. Um, but I kept making excuses and I ended up staying for nine years, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, um, but the good news is while I was there, I picked up some great skills, great, um, built a great network that really helped me. Um, whenever I left to start my own business, um, I really wanted to, my goal was to help entrepreneurs, um, in the, in the realm of customer delight and customer experience. Mm -hmm. That is always where I've, you know, been excited about talking, um, and, and have loved it whenever I've been delighted by a business and been frustrated yeah, whenever I've gone to a business that had so much potential, but they just, the, the owners struggled with the business part of running the business. Right. So yeah. It just kind of made it hard to be a customer. So anyway, I, I did that. Um, I, I left my job. I quit my job and spent a lot of time um, working on learning content marketing as a way to sort of 
build up and have people learn more about me. So along the way, um, I ended up writing for uh, a bunch of different publications. So right now I have a column in Inc. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a column in Forbes. I write for a number of different publications and um, I do my consulting work where I um, help businesses um, enhance their customer experience. Um, and that includes making sure that their marketing is inclusive. Mm -hmm. um, so that, because that of course is part of the customer experience because a lot of businesses yeah. don't really realize that they're sending signals along their customer journey that is pushing customers away rather mm -hmm. than saying you are welcome here and, and show, letting them know that they belong here. Um, and that became sort of a passion project for me. Um, not a project, but just sort of a, an area of, uh, great interest for me because I've got a lot of differences. Uh, I'm a black woman. Um, I follow a gluten-free diet. I'm left-handed. I'm an expat. I live in Argentina rather than the U.S. Um, yeah. Recently now, like I got married here. So my husband is Argentine. So we're in a mixed race, mixed cultural marriage. And we just had a baby. And now we have a mixed daughter who's going to be bilingual Amazing. and cross-cultural. Like, so there's all these differences that we have. And I encounter businesses differently because I don't neatly fit into the mainstream. So as a result, there are plenty of times where I feel like I don't belong and I am ecstatic whenever mm -hmm. I encounter a business that went out of their way or they clearly decided that they wanted to make sure that I, and whatever it was my difference was, felt included and felt like you know, they saw me, they got me, mm. and they wanted to make sure that they adapted their experience or they not adapted, they built their experience in a way mm. that made sure that it would work for me. And you know what, there's so many things about your story and about what you just said that really kind of hit me in terms of, you talked about what you're doing to to push your customer away and we often talk about and when I talk about creating your perfect avatar finding that perfect customer I say to my audience you need to write for them like you're in their head you know so there's a lot of work we do around attracting that right person right. but in the same breath we're not checking that while we're doing that we're not putting off the right person as well. So rather right. than just thinking of it as a, you know, am I getting to the right person? It's almost like, but am I being inclusive to, to everyone that this is suitable for rather than just one person? Right. And the thing is, you can't serve everybody. And um, I'm not suggesting that you serve everybody. It's more that you are intentional about who you want to serve and who you aren't serving. So Oh, for instance, there's a lot of um, businesses who will say, okay, we serve women, right? But, um, and they want to um, make sure that they have a business that is very welcoming to women. Okay, so we're going to actively repel men. That's okay. We're making that choice. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of different nuances in women, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, are there types of women that you are sending these unconscious signals or, or unknowingly sending these signals that your business isn't for them, even though they can fit your avatar perfectly in terms of the psychographics. But when it comes to those demographics and demographics are important because they impact the way someone receives your messages, they impact mm -hmm. the way someone sees and views the world. Right. And so because of that, um, you just need to make sure that you're being specific about who are the different types of women that mm. you want to serve and making sure that you are adjusting your avatar accordingly and adjusting the way in which you send those signals out to make sure that they do feel welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I love that you said, or one of the things you talked about is the fact of that you're gluten free, which I know might <laughs> sound really silly that we've come on and had this conversation because obviously there's been, and rightly so, a huge surge of, of awareness and, and knowledge around the Black Lives Matter movement, yes. which is so, so important, which is obviously why I've looked at me and what I do and gone, oh, actually, I've got a lot to learn here. Um, but also the fact that when we talk about being inclusive, we, we are talking about lots of things. I have a, a brother who's special needs and I have, mm -hmm. you know, family that have, you know, got different needs and different wants and that sort of thing. 
and and like I said, I can relate to the gluten-free thing. And what's really interesting, because I've listened to uh, some episodes and some different interviews that Sonia's already done, and you mentioned in one of them that having to go to a restaurant and go, I'm gluten-free, right? I hate it. And you (laughs) know what happens, right? We went out for dinner just the other day, because although we're still in some kind of lockdown, the restaurants have opened again. And we went out for dinner and I was sat opposite the table with my husband and this woman, the waitress comes over and she's like, is there any allergies that I need to know about? And I'm celiac. So it's like, I absolutely can't have gluten. And um, anyway, and I'm like, no, no. And she wants a like what is wrong with you and it's like do you know what I'll just look at the menu and I'll just like guess what's gluten-free because I don't want to make a fuss of it I don't want to stand out and I don't want to be one of those people that you know they find annoying because they're going to have to make an allowance for it you know right there's this um I have this thing called the inclusivity spectrum um and I can create something for your audience if they want to find out where their business falls in the inclusivity oh, that would be spectrum. Amazing, amazing. Um, but one of the things that um is there were there's a business and the, the way where you can fall is where your customers feel like they have to raise their hand if they're different, right? So right. we've got we've got accommodations for you, we can serve you, but you have to let us know how you're different yeah. first and then we can accommodate you. Even though it's helpful, like you can be served, you can get your needs met. There are times, like you just said, where you don't want to have to raise your hand um, and say that, you know, you need these special needs. This this one stood out to me um, very much. So I I read Shonda Rhimes' book, The Year of Yes. Um, I don't know if you read that, right? It's on my list. It's on my list. It's it's a fantastic book, but she gave an example of um, the time that she was on an airplane. This is before she lost a ton of weight. And she needed the seatbelt extender, right? Oh, um, because that, um, she that. didn't quite fit um, in her first class seat. And she felt like, she's like, you know what? If this plane goes down, I'm going to die. Because she did yeah. not want to have to raise to her hand yeah. to ask for it. Because it was just, it just made her feel not good, right? So mm. there are times where whenever you've got customers who've got differences, you do have some types of accommodations for them or you you have thought about them so that you can serve them but if they have to raise their hand to say mm. yes I need this special menu I need the seatbelt extender or whatever yeah. it is you know it, depending upon their where they are they just might not want to have to do it so if you can create the environment so that they feel um, seen without having to signal to everyone else how they're yeah. different it makes the experience for them so much better. Honestly, this is this whole conversation is resonating with me so much in the sense of I've been that person having to, and it honestly, it's mortifying me saying this, but I have been that person that's had to ask for a seatbelt extender. And I make my husband ask. <laughs> my husband does not need one. But because I am so mortified. And, and then yeah. I look at, you know, and the, the funny thing is, then I start comparing myself to other people like, well, I'm not that big. I'm not like ridiculously huge. Okay. I'm not, you know, so right. why can't I fit in the seat? You know, and like you said, it's it's more for the fact that we have to acknowledge our difference mm-hmm. and and make that obvious to the world, you know, and it's yes. like, I don't want to have to do that. And so right. I thank you for, for putting it in a, a way that I can I can completely understand that that is not something we want for anybody. We don't right. want someone to have to go, I have this different need. And although I know you're going to accept it, I've got to bring it to you. And I don't want to yeah. do that because that's just a bit, can be humiliating, especially with something like yeah. a flipping seatbelt extender. Jesus, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. but yeah, that's so good. Okay. So so let's talk specifically then more around everything that's come up in terms of Black Lives Matter yeah. and in, in terms of being inclusive of that, because I'm really interested to hear from you in terms of not necessarily naming and shaming businesses at all, but but what I what I would like to hear from you is what do you think some businesses are doing wrong so that hopefully if someone sat out there and they go, oh God, I do that. And I didn't realize because <laughs> right. for me, this is, and I know that, you know, you've had these conversations before, because I, I know when you spoke to Amy and stuff, that actually it, there's this huge fear of getting it wrong. 
and upsetting someone because that is the absolutely last thing like the only thing I can liken this to is my as I said my brother's special needs and when he was little he used to have to wear um he has um curvature of the spine and he used to have to wear this plastic like brace that was strapped onto him all the time and if we'd ever go on holiday and it was warm he would obviously still be in his brace because he had to wear it every day because it was straightening his spine he was a kid and so he's running around on the beach and he's got his brace and his shorts on and because it was really hot and of course he'd be really hot underneath it he would just have his vest underneath it and have his brace out and no t-shirt on so you could see the brace And all the kids would come up and go, what's that then? And literally would point at it and go, what's that then? And we'd go, oh, Mark, his spine isn't straight like yours. And this is helping him get his spine straight. So he has to wear it. And they'd go, oh, okay, cool. And they'd move on. But the adults wouldn't ask. And you can see (laughs) them looking and you could see they'd want to know. But I'm, I'm guessing it's because of the same sort of thing, that they didn't want to say something that could offend but then that's still not offended, but it was like, we just asked. So anyway, right. I've digressed there a little bit, but yeah. So what, what do you see that they're doing that is, is possibly, you know, not what they should be doing right now? There, there's two main things, but they all have a bit of the same root cause, right? So mm-hmm. the first one is not saying anything um, and not acknowledging what's happening. It's like, there's a fire happening in a building next to you and you're just kind of going along acting like nothing's happening. Right. (laughs) Um, and this is an issue because more and more customers are becoming vocal about, Mm -hmm. they want to know that the brands that they're spending their hard earned money with have the same values as they do. Mm-hmm. So if something as important as um, Black Lives Matter and racial justice and ending systemic racism is, um, it's fundamental to who you are as a, like you can't, it's, it's very hard to just sort of disassociate yourself from it because it, it's, it's, it's a part of you. So even though it might not be related to um, going to yoga, right, or yeah. going to, it might not be related at all, but it impacts who I am as a person and how I'm interacting with the world. So mm-hmm. if I have to choose between which yoga studio to go to, I'm going to go with the one who has acknowledged that this thing is happening and mm-hmm. that um, this exists and that they, they're they recognizing, they're saying something to let me know mm-hmm. that they see me, they acknowledge me, they want me to be here. Um, versus the one who just kind of acts like there's nothing going on, right? And they might be acting like there's nothing going on because like you said, they don't know what to say. Um, But saying something is better than saying nothing in this instance, right? Okay. So that's the first thing. Uh, The second um, big issue or where people get it wrong is by just making a statement, but there's nothing to ground the statement. Mm -hmm. We stand with the Black community. Um, saying Black Lives Matter is important. So this is definitely a um, step in the right direction. But a statement isn't enough because it doesn't really reflect your values. So there have been a number of brands who have made very great statements um, on social media. Um, They've put up these posts. Some of them have even made videos and it's been great pieces of marketing. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't it's not congruent with their values. It's just a statement. Like, so mm. if you're making a statement about how important black lives are, how important diversity and inclusion is to you, but your business is not diverse at all in terms of who your employees are, um, who your leadership team is, mm-hmm. it, it makes it harder for people to feel like you really mean it. Is this something that you really and truly believe? Or is yeah. it just a statement that you're saying because you feel like you have to and you got to check this box? Because if we don't say something, yeah. it's the wrong thing to do. Um, so a lot of times, and it's okay if historically you haven't gotten it right, but whenever you make these statements, if you haven't gotten it right, acknowledge where yeah. you haven't and then talk about what you're going to do to make it better in the future. Yeah. That gives your statement some weight. So there have been businesses who have said, okay, well, we're going to make some donations. Donations have been helpful, but again, the donation is 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 great because you're putting your money where your mouth is, but what are you going to do specifically in your business? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where it comes. Because again, that from. could be a, a kind of box ticking exercise. 
because yes. that's in my mind sometimes just it's like when it's someone's birthday and you're like right I could go to the store find something beautiful for them buy it wrap it whatever or I could just shove 10 pound in a card and hand it over it's almost a little bit like that that it's like yeah don't get me wrong you know that is great but actually it's so much more than that isn't it yeah yeah and really what it comes down to because it's it's more the relationship right so Mm. whenever you're giving the birthday gift to somebody if you don't know somebody well um, or if you don't really value them so much, that gift card is easy. You can't yeah. go wrong, right? Like no. it, it's it's, but it's generic, and it doesn't necessarily say I see you. You know, no, um, right. it doesn't say that you belong here. But whenever you give this perfect gift to somebody, it shows that you've mm-hmm. been listening. It shows that you know them. And if you think about your product and that your services and the customer experiences that you deliver as a gift that you are giving your customer, you will better be able to tailor it whenever you have a better relationship with this person. So going back to what you were saying about your, your brother um, and people knowing, like wanting to ask, but not, sometimes that goes along with the degree of customer intimacy you have and the relationship you have with that person. The more time you spend with somebody who doesn't um, cleanly or neatly fit into the mainstream mm-hmm. and they have differences, you understand more about what to say, what not to say, what's appropriate, what's a hot button, what's not. You just kind of know intuitively because you've observed them, you've seen them, you've seen their frustrations, and you get better about not saying the wrong thing because that degree of intimacy that you have with them educates you. Uh, So um, whenever brands are struggling with getting it right, that means that in particular, they have an intimacy issue with the Black community or with the customers who are, are different. You see the same thing happen in Pride Month every year. Mm. There will be brands who will put up a rainbow. Pride, you know, we support yeah. the LGBT community, but it's superficial because it's just this one thing, but they actually don't have any sort of connection with the community um, to actually prove yeah. beyond the rainbow and that it, they do. Again, that's so right. I have... Um, a student that works with me on, I have a 90 day program where they, I help them launch stuff. And, and, uh, she's a black woman living in California. And okay. we got on, on a call that we have every other week. And I speak to her and we talk about her business and marketing and all that sort of thing. And although obviously I would have said I was completely inclusive, you're right. Until I spoke to her, and got to know her and her business and her life more intimately. Mm-hmm. I didn't know some of the struggles that she would have dealt with that I, quite frankly, have never, ever had to deal with. You know, right. and for me, it was fascinating in a sense of, you know, it, I needed that. I needed that conversation. I needed the, so, you know, and luckily we've built up a really good relationship. She's worked with yeah. me for much longer than 90 days and, and we're still working together. And, and I was able to go, so can you, help me understand. I, I've right. not experienced that. Can you tell me what you mean by that? And, right. and that was great. But like you said, that, that having that conversation with her on Zoom, talking about her business and the challenges that she has is very different to me just saying, well, yeah, my thing's for everybody, you know, because right. actually I don't understand those challenges the same way as, you know, I, there was another lady I was speaking to who she was selling in America. She was based in America, but she was from... I want to say some, I'm sure she was like Italian or something. And she came and sat in this mastermind group talking to us. And she said the thing that she feared the most because she didn't have a really clear accent because her accent was so Italian. And and she got so upset about that and was very like, that's going to affect my business. And it was so odd because we were all sat around the table going, your accent's amazing. Like, what are you talking about? But that was obviously a fear that she had because she didn't quite conform. You know, she Uh wasn't from the States and didn't sound like everybody else. And so, yeah, that is, that you know, such a great way of putting it. So what is wonderful and what I love about you and what you've, you're doing and talking about at the moment is that you have five steps that we can follow to have a more inclusive business and to help market our business in a more inclusive way. And I am a big fan of step-by-step stuff. So <laughs> I am so excited to have these five steps to go over. So let's get started with them if that's okay. Let's okay. first just say what the five steps are and then we'll go through each one if that's all right. Okay. Uh, step number one is to diversify your circle of influence. Number two is to reevaluate your uh, customer avatar or your um, 
your buyer personas. Number three is to uh, commit to representation. Number four is to make cultural intelligence a pri priority. And number five is to um, take an audit of your customer experience. Perfect. Okay, let's kick off then with the diverse your circle of influence. Okay. All right. So going back to, um, we were talking about being gluten-free, right? Yeah. Um, before I became gluten-free, I didn't really have any appreciation for people who had dietary restrictions. And this is a dietary restriction, whether it is um, something that you're choosing or something that you just have to mm -hmm. do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so I didn't have an appreciation for it. Nobody in my family really had an appreciation for it. But whenever I became gluten-free for health reasons, um, suddenly it became something that my family had to become acquainted with. Um, mm -hmm. and so they didn't ever sit down and ask me, what does it feel like? You know, like, you know, and how does this make you, <laughs> like, they didn't ask me that. They just wanted to know what did we, they need to do to be able to make sure that I felt included whenever we went out. So whenever we yeah. go out from family or friends, I'm the one who chooses the restaurant because everyone wants to make sure that I'm included and I feel like I belong. I feel like I belong mm -hmm. with the group. So I choose something that makes that works for me, and then it works for everybody else. Um, so if, because I've got differences and I'm in their circle, my inner circle are more aware of people who are different from them. Mm -hmm. and so they make accommodations, they make adjustments, they do what they need to do. They learn about um, different ways of being so that it's more top of mind for them. So mm -hmm. whenever you want to have um, a more inclusive business, you need to make sure that the voices that you're listening to, the experiences that you're being privy to, the way you view the world isn't something that is just um, what you're used to and accustomed to. Mm -hmm. There's this um, scientific principle called homophily that basically says that we have networks that are very similar to us. Um, mm -hmm. So if you look at your friend group, you look at the people that you hang out with, the people that you learn from, a lot of times they are the same. Um, they, yeah. have, they look like you, they have the same experiences as you, the same background, the same education, all of that stuff. When you do that, it becomes much of an echo chamber. So if you're not intentionally working to expose yourself to different points of view, different ways of being, people whose life experiences are, for whatever reason, are different from you, then you get much of an appreciation. My mom, who doesn't have a gluten-free diet, appreciates being gluten-free now because she's yeah. exposed to people who have to follow that lifestyle, right? So if you work to make sure that you are diversifying the people that you learn from, the people that you talk to, your friends group, mm -hmm. um, your gurus, whatever it is, that you are listening to different types of voices, um, even your entertainment level, right? What is mm -hmm. it that you're watching on TV, the podcast that you listen to? That gives you a broader view of the world. Um, it helps give you a greater degree of empathy mm -hmm. that allows you to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, to think about what their plight is, and then to come think about, and that allows you to then look at your business differently to figure mm -hmm. out how can you serve a broader group of people who don't, whose life experiences are different from yours because you're much more aware of it because you've got a bigger, a broader circle. Yeah. And, and you're right. It's not until something like what's happened recently has happened that you start to look at it and go, cause I think before then, if someone said to me, you know, how diverse is your, is your group? I'd go, yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. And then when you actually look and it's not that you know, and, and I guess this sounds like an excuse, but it's not that it was ever intended to be that way. Right. But like you said, we just go after someone very similar to us. And mm -hmm. and when I looked at what books I read, what podcasts I listen to, who I watch on telly or who, you know, who I follow, who I hang around with, who are my friends. And, and actually, like you said, there is a huge chunk of those people that are mm -hmm. pretty much the same as me in terms right. of, you know, ethnicity and background and all that sort of thing so yeah I think and I think you're right rather than just going well no I you know I am open to anybody we've got to almost actively go and seek that out haven't we yeah you do yeah. so a very simple step if you want to get started with this is look at who you follow on Instagram or social media mm -hmm. um are there different voices that you can in specifically look to reach out to to follow to find out how they're doing things um mm -hmm. to just kind of 
change your world up, change the inputs that you have in terms mm -hmm. of the way you see things. And then once you do that over time, it would be great if you could build a relationship with them um, mm -hmm. because those associations will help you as you get to a deeper level, develop a deeper degree of intimacy that will help you understand what's behind some of those differences. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I joke that I'm just really nosy, but I am genuinely <laughs> really interested in understanding, you know, I was just saying that my neighbours are Ghanaian and, 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 and they've been over here in the UK for probably like three, four years. And I was fascinated, you know, and I would sit there and be like, tell me how this looks and how's this and what, what's that like? And, you know, because it, it was genuinely so interesting to me that how, yeah. how, you know, we have a common interest of living next door to each other and we get on really well and, and they're lovely people, but yet we come from such diverse yeah. backgrounds. Right. And that is fascinating, you know, that what's built us both to be who we are today type thing. So yeah, yeah I think that's a great one to go with. Okay. Yeah. Number two, reevaluate your customer, your customer avatar, your perfect customer. Right. So going back to what we were talking about before, let's say you want to serve women. Um, and women can be so, so broad, but your, your avatar course, it drives so many of your decisions that you're making mm -hmm. in your business. It impacts your photography. It impacts the products that you are creating It impacts, um, uh, the words that you're using all across. It impacts so many things, but if you limit, uh, and define your avatar as a woman, um, who was very much like you, for instance, mm -hmm. then you can be leaving out some women who are very different, um, who still have the same psychological need. They've got the problem mm -hmm. that your business solves, but um, for whatever reason, um, your avatar kind of leaves them out. And so a great example I use for this is if you were to Google nude stockings, what would come up is a picture of um, several pictures, a number of pictures of women with all kinds of nude stockings, but most of those women are going to be white, right? Okay. Or all of them are going to be white. Um, nude, that follows a singular definition of nude. But for yeah. me as a black woman and for other women of color who have darker skin, that version of nude for a white woman doesn't work. So it's mm -hmm. not just on Google. If you, if I was to go into, um, a department store and look for nude stockings, I would have to settle for stockings that don't mm. match my skin color. And I've had to do this and it's been a hot mess and it's just been yeah. awful because the marketers um, have, you know, had this sort of singular definition. Now there are other businesses. There's actually one in the UK, it's called Nubian Skin, where they specifically cater for hosiery, lingerie for women of color. It's brown, it's beautiful, Amazing. but it, it, it fits. And that was born out of a frustration of not being mm -hmm. able to have, find something that fit your definition of nude. Um, and there are plenty of other examples for makeup. And it's not just for skin color. It's just thinking about how are the pe who are the people who have the problem that your business solves that might not be just like you, or they might mm -hmm. have a need that's slightly different. Um, and so if you're looking at your ideal customer avatar or your buyer personas and the way you've written them, the way that you should go about this is to think about who are all the types of people who have the problem that your business solves mm -hmm. and then figure out who is it that you want to exclude? Like with the resources that you have or whatever it is, the values that you have, you are not going to serve these people. And then, then make a circle around who are the people and what are the different types of things that are of people that you will serve. So mm -hmm. I got married last year and I was on the David's Bridal website. And um, if you go on the website, who needs, um, there's like all kinds of people that you'll see represented. You'll see um, black couples, you'll see white couples, you'll mm -hmm. see same-sex couples, you'll see couples who have special needs. Um, you'll see the gamut of, you'll see interracial couples. Why are you going to see that? Because David's bridal looked at their avatars or their buyer personas yeah. and they made us, they made a choice. These are all the different types of people who have the problem that our business solves. Mm -hmm. So we're going to make sure that we in include them in our marketing, but it started with the choice of making sure that their avatars were representative of yeah. those different types of people. It's such a good point, isn't it? And and like I said, 
it shouldn't be a case that we haven't thought about it. It's horrendous that we haven't. But but you're right. So many people wouldn't think about taking it that that kind of step where you're going, actually, am I? I? I know it's a woman between this age and this age, and she might be a mum and she has her own business and whatever. But actually within that, what do those women look like? Or what? Mm-hmm. where might they be in their lives? Or you know what I mean? It, there's so much more into it, isn't there? Brilliant. Okay. So number three, commit to representation. Yes. Representation matters. Like just always keep that top of mind. Representation matters. And what it is, is your customers need to see themselves or who they aspire to be in your marketing. Um, And that doesn't, it goes actually beyond marketing and it goes to even your business. So Mm -hmm. there have been a number of times where you look at the leadership, um, people are starting to more and more businesses are putting their leadership team or their employees on their website. And if you look at all the photos, sometimes you're like, I don't see anybody who looks like me remotely. And you're like, this is (laughs) so it's more than just in your marketing. It's also in the the team in your business. So it kind of goes across the board. People need to see themselves or who they aspire to be in your marketing. So I was on Instagram a while back and I, there's an influencer that I follow and she, um, was talking about this like super cool, comfortable workout clothes. Um, mm-hmm. and I was in a shopping mood and I was like, I need some, not workout yeah. clothes. It was travel. <laughs> it was travel, cl- travel clothes. Um, okay. that looked nice. Like it didn't look like you were wearing sweatpants on an airplane. Yep. Like it looked like, you know, super nice. So I was like, I need some of that. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I pulled out my credit card and I clicked through to the um, Instagram um, uh, profile or page yeah. of this this ad that she was talking about, this company that yeah. she was referencing in her post. And I got there and after a second or two, I saw in the photos that nobody looked like me. So then I got kind of frustrated and I went through the entire account looking for somebody who looked like me um, Mm -hmm. in the photos of people modeling these clothes. And nobody did, um, not even remotely close. And my feelings were hurt. I put my credit card away. I actually Mm -hmm. sent them a note and just said, I don't know if you know this or aware, but like I was ready to buy. Um, Your marketing worked. uh, Your funnel worked. But because I didn't see myself reflected, you yeah. lost a sale and you lost a potential great customer or a loyal customer that I could have been. Um, and that happens all the time. You, you work hard, you get your marketing mm-hmm. to get people in the door or to get people on your website or to get people wherever it is that you're trying to get them to go. But whenever they don't see themselves reflected, it's, it's, it's a stop it's, and everything else, nothing else matters. Um, mm-hmm. So if, whether it's on your sales page or whatever it is, you need to make sure that along your customer journey, the people that you decide that you want to serve, going back to your customer avatar, mm. see themselves visually reflected in your business. Um, so that can be like you have a podcast. Are the podcast guests that you're featuring yeah. um, reflective of the customers that you want to serve? And there's a number of different ways that you can do that. But remember, representation matters. And when people mm-hmm. see themselves and they can see themselves or who they aspire to be in your business, then they have the feeling that, okay, I do belong here. Whenever they don't, everything else just kind of stops and they go off in search of somebody who does um, show them and represent them. Yeah. And I, I guess I've never thought about that. I've never thought about, because obviously I've not been, I've not experienced that same feeling of going somewhere and not thinking this isn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. And you're right, people are going to look at what they're presented with and look for something that attracts them or, or they can resonate with or that, that goes, oh, I'm in the right place. And yes. like you said, you do all this work on your avatar to make sure that they feel they're in the right place. And, and like you said, you know, you were absolutely their customer, right. but they didn't show you at the very last minute, like yes, you are our customer because they hadn't thought about that. They hadn't thought, like you said, they thought about who the person was as in, you know, they're female, they travel, they want to look smart, they blah, blah, blah. But they didn't think about what, you know, what are the differences these women could have and do we represent all those differences? So yeah, that's so interesting, isn't it? So fascinating. It is. I was talking to um, someone and I was advising her, I was coaching her 
she had a, a, um, a handmade uh, leather shoes, right? And she was mm-hmm. telling me that she has a combination, it's slow fashion. And she was just telling me out of all the different types of people who appreciate um, who, the way her shoes are made. And she said her customer group was either 50 and older or they were, you know, kind of in the younger sort of category. And um, none of her models were in the 50 year older group. And so mm-hmm. that was a bit of an issue. And I remember somebody commented after I um, was talking about this whole thing and she, this woman commented on, on Facebook and she's like, I'm over 50 and I never see myself in photos. And it really does kind of hurt my feet. Like, yeah. So it's the same type of thing. People across the board, it's not just about, you know, race or like, it's not just like yeah. people need any differences. Yeah. Yeah. I did this recently, actually. I was doing some testimonials for, I was creating a new sales page for my academy. And often I attract a lot of women. Mm -hmm. A lot of my audience are women. Lots of people in the academy are women. But it's not that I, I don't just deal with women. And it was really interesting because I did it from a male, female perspective. I looked at my academy and I was like, oh, he is a brilliant academy member. I'm going to contact him and say, can I have a testimonial? Because Mm -hmm. I wanted that, that, male presence. And in preparation for today's interview, I've been thinking obviously lots about this. And I have black members of the academy and mm-hmm. I don't have a testimonial from them, not for any reason. Right. And, and this is the thing, like, it's, you feel like you're, you're having to justify that, you know, you've but actually, that's a good thing, I guess, because it means I'm now thinking about it and thinking, actually, that's right. not right. Because right. I have black people in the academy. I have black people on the 90 day program. And if you looked at my stuff right now, as I speak, I would put money on that there is no one black or of color on those pages other than white people. And not for any real reason, but because I guess I didn't think about it. And that's the problem. I should be thinking about it. And that's the thing. Like that's why it needs to become a priority for you or you need to commit Mm. to it. So whenever you do find that your numbers aren't quite, and it's not about quotas or anything like that, but when you find that you're not, Mm. um, you don't have the representation that you want. um, It just, whenever you're able to see it that way, it makes it more top of mind for you to make sure Mm. that you're going out and you put the mechanisms in place um, to allow you to make sure that you've got that representation that you want, that you desire. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, that's where I would see that I would do that because obviously the podcast is another great place with things when it comes to like my Instagram and stuff, it is me. I, it's predominantly mm-hmm. my photos and that sort of thing. So right. for right. me, it would be in places like sales pages, testimonials, who right. I'm working for, the events I speak at, which again, you know, is never not, I would speak anywhere and, and, you know, be involved with any event, but it's just making sure that I show that representation rather than knowing I, you know, I've got it, but I'm just not putting it out there being proactive about it. So yeah, that's awesome. Okay. We are on to number four, aren't we? Make cultural intelligence a priority. Yes. Um, so I was thinking about this the other day. So like I said, I, I live in Argentina. My husband is Argentine. Um, he speaks Spanish. He speaks very little English at the moment. So, um, whenever we started dating, I asked, I said something to him. I asked him for some pictures that we had taken when we had gone to dinner and the way that I said it, and we were saying this over WhatsApp, over his text messages. Um, I thought the phrase that I used to ask for the photos that he took was perfectly fine. He received it like, then I was kind of saying it in a nastier kind of way. Mm. I thought the phrase meant one thing. He knew that it meant another because this is his culture and this is the way he lives it every day. So eventually the next day we were together and I was like, did I offend you in some way? And again, my Spanish isn't perfect, right? But um, we were able to communicate. And he was explaining to me that this doesn't mean the same, it doesn't mean the same thing that I thought it meant. Um, And that was a big aha moment. I remember talking to one of my other expat friends about that same phrase. And she said that she said it to someone and we think it's fine um, because it's something that we hear in the U.S. all the time. But here she she said, the friend said, it doesn't mean what you think it means. And so that is a cultural intelligence fail, right? Where we're interacting with people, even people that we love and people that we care about. Mm -hmm. um, And it could be the customers that you want to serve, but at some point, if you don't have a full understanding of their culture, 
or an appreciation for it, it can be very easy for you to say something that is offensive, um, that completely misses the mark, that just isn't, um, doesn't land the way you want it to. So the goal here is to make sure, and going back to, we were talking about this customer intimacy, the Mm -hmm. more, the closer you get to the people that you want to serve, um, the better you have an appreciation for what works well, what doesn't, Mm -hmm. what's taboo, what is offensive, what isn't offensive. Um, And this is an ongoing journey, right? Um, And it's an ongoing journey to make sure that you're immersing yourself in whatever particular culture it is so that you know what what works well Mm -hmm. and what doesn't. Um, And the better relationship you have with that person, if you make a mistake, uh, which is inevitable, right? As you're learning. Um, the easier it becomes for people to forgive you um, mm-hmm. and to know that you're trying, to know that you didn't mean any, any harm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you have to make sure that you're committing to making cultural intelligence a priority in your business so that you minimize over time those mistakes that you're going to be making, but um, that you're taking the time to educate yourself. There have been so many brands over the past couple of years who've had to pull products pull marketing campaigns because they did something that just the, in their apology statements, which they've all issued, we missed the mark. We didn't realize we didn't, we didn't know. And they didn't know as they didn't have cultural intelligence as a competency um, as it related to the people that they were trying to serve. Yeah. And do you think that can only be got from, like, it's almost like we need a, you know, like you have a glossary of terms or, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's almost like, is there a handbook or is, and but you'd need one for every possible outcome of every possible, because <laughs> again, having a, a brother with special needs, having disabilities, right? you know, the things that people say, you literally want to smack them in the face sometimes, quite yes. honestly, but, yes. um, but you get it because they don't understand and they don't know right. that that isn't appropriate and you need to tell them that that's not the way you would say something, you should say it like this. Um, But I think obviously that's half the problem that everyone is so scared of getting it wrong Mm -hmm. and upsetting or offending or appearing a certain way, which they don't feel they were, that they just don't say anything at all, or they just don't try and understand it at all. Whereas like you said, I think we have to, and when I say we, you know, from a Black Lives Matter, you know, for a white person to to think I'm going to I'm going to mess up at some point. You know, there is a chance that I am going to say something that isn't quite right or isn't, but the sheer fact that I'm trying has got to be, has got to outweigh that, hasn't it? Because what's the alternative? Right. And people appreciate whenever you're trying. So like I said, I speak Spanish imperfectly. um, But one of the things that I had to be very clear about when I started to learn was that I'm going to mess up. I'm going to make mistakes. But mm-hmm. the people that I'm interacting with appreciate that I'm trying. They appreciate that I want yeah. to have the conversation, that I want to speak to them in their language, and they help me. Um, mm. and, and that has been the key to me being able to get to this point to where mm. I'm you know, imperfectly fluent. It's that you understand that it's okay if you make mistakes, but as long as you're committing to the education and you're committing to learning and trying and getting it and being in the middle of it, um, then it's it's okay and people can recognize the growth. And this is actually something I'm working on. Um, I'll be launching very soon an inclusive marketing and cultural intelligence hub, which is designed to provide this type of information. Because like you said, there's a gamut of different Mm. things that people should know and things are changing and evolving. And and that is the other thing in terms of, you know, some of the differences in this world. When I was over in the States, I was talking about, the number of recognized genders that we have here in the UK and mm-hmm. the number escapes me now, but it was, it was, it's a really high number. It's something like, I'm sure it's like 50 something. I feel really, really ignorant now, not knowing it off the top of my head, but I was talking to uh, the friends in, in the States about it and they were like, they didn't experience that. They didn't know that. And it's like, but that's how fast it's moving right now. So right. it's no surprise in one way that, that it's hard for us to keep up because otherwise, because it's changing. And if we're not in that world, mm-hmm. you know, then it, it must be, you know, really tricky for us to make sure that we're always where we need to be. And like I said, I think that's why so many people hide and just think, oh, just let's not pretend, let's pretend that's not even going on because 
I don't want to take the risk and step into it. But yeah, imagining it like a language is a perfect way because you you know this is new. I've never spoke this language before. How on earth could I get it right, right. straight off the bat? I can't. Right. But until I keep using it and being corrected right. and using it and being corrected, I'm never going to get to that point, am I? So yes. for me, that's that's um makes me feel a lot better to think about it that way. So <laughs> awesome. Right. Okay, so final point, audit your customer experience. All right, so think about all the things that we talked about, all the previous four steps, mm-hmm. um, making sure that you're expanding your circle of influence, you revisit your, your ideal customer avatar, you think about representation and what you want to your representation to look like in your business, and you think about cultural intelligence specifically, and then you figure out and go through your entire customer journey and evaluate what are the signals that you want to send? Who do you want to send them to? And is your customer journey reflective of those previous four steps? Is your customer journey representative? Are you speaking directly to the uh, ideal customer that you want to reach based upon your expanded view Mm -hmm. of who that is? Um, Is it culturally intelligent? Are the words and the phrases you're using attracting groups of people? Um, Are the visuals, are the the things that you're saying, um, you know, letting them know that you get them and you see them on their journey. Mm -hmm. And it lets it know that you are not just, you know, here for a moment, right? Um, So that your journey is reflective of the values of what it is that you're saying that you're doing and that the journey is sending the right signals for the people that you want to reach. Yeah. If you're not if you're not looking at all the steps in the journey, you could be missing some areas that you had no idea are sending the signals that you don't actually want to send. Uh, so as you're making these adjustments, you want to make sure mm-hmm. that the journey reflects what it is that you want it to. That's so awesome. And and for me, the 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 key thing I think that I I'm taking from all of this is that this isn't just for now. This isn't just a, okay, everybody, we're talking about it now because it's really present and it's really, you know, it's in the press and we're hearing about it all the time. And actually that was one of the reasons because when when the, it was on a Tuesday, wasn't it, that everybody put up the the black square and and, mm-hmm. and that was kind of, where it's kind of hit a social media peak anyway. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I, I watch lots of people and I watch what they do and what they say. And, and I'm watching all these people suddenly jumping onto it with gusto. And right. I personally, I wanted to be very gentle with myself about it and do my own private stuff and speak to my own friends, watch right. things, read things. And I was really cautious to to not rush to get someone to come and talk about it, to not suddenly just get someone on the podcast to go, oh, look, yeah, I'm doing the same as everybody else. Uh, Because I wanted it to be a much longer, you know, this is a forever thing. This isn't just a, we're talking about it right now. And for me, I, I was very nervous about getting it right. And, and I wanted to bring someone on who could talk about this in a way that, and very selfishly, I guess, made me feel better in the fact that <laughs> I wasn't going to be nervous talking about it for fear of getting it wrong. And I heard you speak and I, I looked at your stuff and I was like, you are perfect. And you have Thank been you. perfect. I love the way that you've you've explained things in in so many different ways that not only make us think and understand the importance of being inclusive from Black Lives Matter point of view, but also from an everybody point of view from a you know actually we're we're not just talking about the color of someone's skin or their race we're talking about the disability we're talking about you know their their sort of sexual preference or gender or whatever it might be that actually if we represent these people we need to show these people we represent them you know and actually we need to look at our stuff and and be really honest with ourselves and go do you know what I haven't and and I'm really sorry about that. And I should have done, but I've learned now and I will. And I will make sure this isn't just a ticking exercise. This isn't just a, right. okay, look, I, I put my square up. I'm all good. I said something that this yeah. is a, no, this is, this is always now. This is coming forward and, and this is just how we are. So thank you so, so very much. I honestly, I appreciate you so much coming on. And because you're still on maternity leave, which is just <laughs> insane that you're doing all this and managing, and now you're going to have to go back to work very soon with a teeny tiny baby. So you are going to have your hands full, aren't you? I will. 
I will. But thank you so much. It's been a joy chatting with you. It's been super fun. I've loved it. Thank you so much, Sonia. And uh, I will put in the show notes everything about how you can find out about her and go and check her out. She's wonderful. Oh, do you know what? I loved that conversation. It was so good. She was so lovely. And I loved the way she put it and, and the different ways she enabled us to understand how that might be. I was just listening to listening back to it and obviously reminding myself of the conversation and the humiliating bit of having to admit I had to ask for a seatbelt extender, which I'm still a little bit embarrassed I mentioned. But it, just even things like that just really kind of made me go, that's what that feels like. That's what that means. Um, and also the the kind of forgiveness in terms of you're going to make a mistake, but you've got to try. So honestly, I took so much from that episode. I am taking on board everything she said. I'm going to be working harder in my business. I hope that helped you if you are keen to, to make more strides in your business. And yeah, I just, I was really pleased with how that episode went. And like I said, I got off that interview and I said to her, thank you so much because I was so nervous to mess this up, you know, that I didn't want to mess this up and, and to make sure that it was right and it was right for you guys. So, so yeah, it was a great episode. I loved it. Now, obviously as always, I am going to hook up to everything in the show notes. Uh, so do go and check that out. She also has a fab freebie as well, which I'll put the link to as well. So yeah, do go check her out. Like I said, I was so, so grateful to her. I thought it was a fab episode. I can't wait to hear what you think. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it until next week. Next week, I am back with a solo episode and I will see you then. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWearing.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.